What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Hopefully, you all had a great weekend, like Steph Curry dropping hole-in-ones on par threes, winning golf tournaments. We are the Steph Curry of your radio dial. John Harris alongside the voice of Texas, Mark Vandermeer. How'd you like that? Steph Curry nice. from deep. That was awesome. He that was dunked cool. it. That dunked was it. terrific. He, he dunked it. And pure joy. That was great to see. I love that tournament. I think they should do two or three more of out. those in the offseason of the NFL. Uh, so I don't know. Everybody's got different offseasons. I don't know how you coordinate all that. Do it but at the owners' meetings. I Not a bad idea. Spring the owners' N- meetings they put in a place where you can golf. NFL golf tournament. Put it on live. Mic everybody up. Oh, yeah. It would be awesome. Absolutely. The coaches. The match. Do you remember? I mean, this, the match was, what, a week and a half ago? It was Mahomes and Kelsey versus Clay and Steph. Mm. And they're talking trash. They're getting after each other. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, good it's absolutely awesome. It's some of the it's it's really, really good. I didn't see all of it, but I saw enough of it to know, you know what? I want to keep watching this. Everybody's watching this. that quarterback series now. So you're seeing a lot of stuff about How much that. have you seen just one episode. I know, I'm way behind. It's pretty good. It is good. It's it is good. good. I mean, it, listen, you're not going to get everything broken down, but you're going to hear more play calls than you've ever heard in your life. Yep. And they will blow your ever-loving mind. I think they will blow your mind. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking yeah. to people in general. Like, wait, a pass is that long? Yep, absolutely. Wait till you hear. Wait till you hear Kirk Cousins call one of the plays for the Vikings all the way through. It's a, It's it's incredible. It's really cool. It goes to show you how hard it is to play this <laughs> yep. position. Oh, when yeah. a guy like Cousins can last as long as he has, and I know he takes a lot of heat, he's won a lot of football games. Yep. Okay, He's not perfect. We all know that. He's won a lot of football games. I think this is particularly good for the Vikings fans to see that he's an actual human being. That helps, too. And the guy who made the biggest play in the last how many years of Vikings history actually is in this building. That's Case Keenum. Yeah. Right, he, and Diggs play. obviously is a huge part of that. Yeah. But I'm saying the guy who pulled the trigger on you could that. say Case that that's a top ten play all time NFL, given the situation. Jeez. It's playoffs. It's, it, it ends. It's a walk off. Yep, it's huge. Although it's, they did bring him back out to kick the extra point. When I was thinking about Vikings history. Hilarious. I know they haven't been to the Super Bowl since the '70s. They right. went to four and lost them all. Kids, mm-hmm. Bud Grant was the head no coach. Big play in there. Uh, wrong way. Marshall was a fa- maybe their most famous play ever, Johnny. And it's and a that, negative. It's a negative. Yeah, that yeah. might have been their most famous play ever till mm-hmm. the miracle. Yep, that says a lot about Case yeah, that absolutely. he was able to execute that thing. Absolutely, and Diggs, of course. I did a training Sorry. camp position breakdown. You're gonna want to check it out on quarterbacks. And I just start I, I doing every player as I go through, and I get to Case, and I'm writing about Case, and. As I'm writing about it, I'm like, man, this guy's seen it all. He's done it all. Yeah. I mean, he has those two years in 17 with the Vikings, and he goes to, in 18 to the Broncos. And he threw for about 3,800 yards at the Broncos. I mean, we saw him that night. Yeah. He's bringing them back. I mean, yeah. if McManus doesn't kick it wide right, I if mean, McManus they beat makes, us. They uh, make that kick. That's not an impossible kick. No, it's not. He makes that kick. Case oh. Keenum beats the Texans oh, on that day. Oh, that kick day. flew over my head, Mark. It flew. I mean, we all know the, the famous story of my mic being left up when I'm screaming wide right. But that ball flew over my head. And that was from 50-plus. Yep. So he had enough leg. He just missed it. He makes that. Broncos get another win. It, you know, it just didn't work in Denver for whatever reason. But it made me think about Case and – and just his journey and what he's what he's done. This is his twelfth season. He technically, it's his eleventh from a 
you know, from a game service standpoint, because his first year was all in practice squad. That's true. Back in 2012. So he didn't get on the field. He's 25. And then he has that, you know, statistically put up some decent numbers at 13, but didn't get a win. Then he's got to come out of a deer blinded story. He told us, which was great. He wins the last two games of 14. Then it's moving around to the Rams. Then it's moving around to the Vikings. Then it's to Denver. Then it's to Washington, et cetera. It, it's amazing the journey he's been on. And I start thinking about his value to this team. And I know a lot of people are like, put him on the field. He'll be great. And I'm like, look, Case is 30, you know, 5, 36 right now. It's, this is not designed for Case to go out on a field and play 17 weeks. Step in when there's an opportunity, uh, where there's, you know, somebody, somebody gets hurt, something happens, he's got to step in. Okay, great. But not to be a 17-week starter, not, not for this team, there are not still a lot now. Of, there are a lot of people that don't understand that right now. Right. Some people assume that he's the guy or the backup, right. and maybe he ends up being the backup here. Yep. I don't know, but the way the reps were going on OTAs, and this was well-publicized, sure. it didn't appear to be the case. But here's the thing, Mark. And I think this about Case Keenum, and there might be a few others. But I think Case has immense value to this team beyond oh, yeah. anything he does on the field. You and I think that goes building. without saying in some sense, but I think you kind of have to say it. You kind of have to look at it and go, look, you're going to get – if you have players on your team that don't set foot on the field, but yet they give you tremendous value due to their leadership – um, just the, the way that they're able to help younger players, the way they can help a coaching staff that's young and new. Yep. I mean, I think Case is older than Gerard. Oh, yeah. Gerard Johnson, I'm pretty sure. Th- those guys could talk about a lot. Of course he's older. Wait, is he? It's is close. It a, it's close, it's though. Close, but because still. Tannehill's rookie year was 12, and so was Case's. Mm-hmm. And Gerard and Tannehill were in college together. So, right. they're close. so it's close. It's close. But it feels like. He's older. <laughs> right. I don't know. Because Case has seen some things yeah. and done some things. Now, we're going to get into some coaches a little bit later. But one of the guys that Case Keenum ended up throwing the football to was DeAndre Hopkins. I think his first touchdown pass in that Kansas City game, week seven, 2013, was, against, was to Hopkins. Was to Hopkins. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins because he yeah. is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. Mark, we do this every now and again on Mondays, sometimes during the season because there's so much going on. Your gut reaction when you saw the news this weekend that DeAndre Hopkins is going to make his way to Nashville as a member of the Titans. All right. I hate seeing this for a variety of reasons. I don't like see I didn't like seeing Andre Johnson go to the Colts and then the Titans. Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing DeAndre Hopkins go to the Titans in the division, Colts, Titans, even Jags. I wouldn't want to see it. I don't like to see it. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I hate it. I want him in the NFC. If he's not going to be here, I want him somewhere else far away. New England would have been preferable to me just as a Texans guy, right? I want to see him not here, not around us because it is kind of painful. Look, I love DeAndre Hopkins. He was a beloved player here. He was tremendous. I really enjoyed talking with him. You did too. You talked with him more than I did, but every time I talked with him, I think I thanked him three or four times just for his service while yeah. he was here. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all those touchdowns and amazing catches. And look, <laughs> doing what I do, I'm really grateful for a guy like DeAndre Absolutely. Hopkins. He was a spectacular player who made just mind-numbing catches, catch after catch, made it look easy, just a great player, and now he's in Nashville. I don't know how good he is anymore. I think he's still pretty good, yeah. all right? I don't know what it's going to mean for them. I think – 
it's a little overblown what he might mean for them, but it could be really good at the same time. Who knows? We'll see. We're all, we're all gonna we're all gonna watch it together. Texans don't face the Titans till very late in the year twice. Right. So we'll see what they are like at that point. Who's playing quarterback? How is he doing? But my gut reaction, Johnny, was oh, I don't. I wish it was the Patriots of the two because yeah. those are the two jockeying for a position to get him. I was hoping it was going to be New England instead of Tennessee. But overall, I would prefer an NFC team. So we had a text thread going between. Uh, you and I and and DP and Drew. It was on Sunday, and Drew just texted with the the Twitter notice, and that's what we do. We see things on Twitter, and you know we send it to each other, and we kind of remark on it and different things. And Drew just said, "Damn," and I, I get that. I I felt like the damn part was more about him going to Tennessee than it was. He's not, and he you know because there was some talk about oh he's got he can come back to Houston. They need a receiver. This is a big fit. It doesn't always work like that. Um, I think there are a lot of things that are that are going on with this this ball club, and you already had committed to Robert Woods. I think Robert's your oldest receiver, I believe. Um, Who else would be older? Yeah, he's the oldest receiver. I, I just had to say it out loud to make mm-hmm. it make sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know that you could have done another one, and I know you know people are like, well, you didn't have to go sign Woods. You could have signed Hopkins. Well, no, you didn't know Hopkins was going to be available until around draft time. So you didn't know that was going to be the case. So you've also got some young dudes you got to find some stuff out about. Look, this I don't know where John Mechie stands in in um, in his um, uh, arrival, re-arrival from you know dealing with leukemia, where whether he's getting cleared or not. I know that was the talk at the end of OTAs and minicamp. I hope that happens. He's going to need reps. Tank Dell is going to need reps. Nico Collins. His really, if you look at it this way, look at his games played, he's basically played one season. It was like he played one season, and then the other he didn't. And he wasn't even fully healthy for that season. So Nico needs all the reps he can get. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods knows this offense. He still needs reps to get in a synergy with C.J. Stroud and with Davis Mills as opposed to what he was with last year in Tennessee and even before that with the Rams. These receivers need all the reps they can get. So I know there's there's some frustration from Texans fans that I kind of noticed on Twitter. I'm like, this just wasn't the right – spot in the right time for hop and i'm with you i love the guy absolutely love him when we, we were at applebee's i remember we had like six to eight of us out for dinner in applebee's the Greenbrier. we had a big old dinner and he went to applebee's to go get his food <laughs> take out he went to get takeout and he could have just waved at us he came over stopped shook everybody's hands oh yeah thanked us for you know for being there and i, I was like man there weren't a lot of players that would have that would have done that he did i just had a soft spot in my heart for him and i hate the fact that we will see him but then again you said it. We don't play the Titans until December 17th. There's a lot of football between now and then. And I remember when, when Andre Johnson went to the Colts in 15. And I remember thinking just, I love Dre, but mm, Fanduid Luck's not the quarterback. How good is that going to look every single week? Well, on a Thursday night, it looked good against us, and it stunk. But then, late in the season... Yeah, we went to Indianapolis. We had arguably our greatest road win ever. Was he playing that day? And Dre played that day. Hasselbeck still playing. And Hasselbeck, now with a clean diaper, was not getting in the football. And maybe he needs Montezuma's those, revenge to play well at that stage of his. Not Andre, but Hasselbeck at that stage. And then of the his next career. year, he goes to Tennessee, and we're like, "Oh my God, he went to Tennessee." We won the division both years. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Texas are going to win the division this year, but I'm just saying. If Andre Johnson can go somewhere and we can play against him, if J.J. Watt can go somewhere and we can play against him, we'll survive this. And, again, I love Hop. I love Hop a ton. But 
and there's been a lot of talk about, well, you know, he's playing with Tannehill. He's playing with, um, with Will Levis. Well, he's had to do that in his career. Yeah, but Hop isn't the same guy that he was early in his career. He's a, di- he's a different well, guy he now. He wants to win a he's ring. He's been banged up. Um, doesn't have quite the juice he used to have when he was playing with the guys that, you know, weren't great, mm. non-pro bowlers. Well, this is a little different. He's really going to be that guy again for Tennessee because who else is going to knock him out of there? Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook-Keenan. I like Burks. I think Burks is going to end up being a, a, a solid number one, but he ain't there yet, not especially after last year. So from all of that, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I'm not totally convinced. I'm not 100% convinced that we actually face him twice this year. Okay. No, I'm not either, and he's had some injury issues. He'll be the first one to tell you that. Uh, They obviously understand what they're getting as far as an individual goes. Tim Kelly, Mike Vrabel, they've been around him. All the other guys on the Titans in their organization who have been Houston Texans, they get it. It just feels in some ways, because they're going to wear the Oilers uniforms one game this year, against the Texans, one game this year, and they get DeAndre Hopkins. It just feels like the Titans organization is obsessed with Houston. Yeah. And there is that. Sometimes that's a positive. Mm-hmm. Brable and friends. I mean, they've done some good things there, relatively. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a negative, right? Got to get Andre Johnson. Really? Right. Do you really have to get Andre Johnson at that point in his mm-hmm. career? Um, and look, I wish Andre played here forever. Didn't happen. I wish he played forever. Whatever. Right. Didn't happen. Uh, you think about all the other acquisitions they've made, and they've moved on from many of them as well. But think about this. A couple of things about this acquisition. ESPN had a great stat. I was in the cafeteria this morning. They flashed it up on the screen, and it was pretty funny because they had Titans organization members, all-time receptions, TD receptions. Oh, yeah. So this is great. So it's Hopkins, (laughs) over 70, Vrabel, double figures, nobody else uh, more than five. I think Chris Moore might have been the leader with five. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Chris Johnny, that's unbelievable. It is. That before this acquisition, Vrabel had more career touchdown receptions in trick plays than any member of the Titans organization. I think almost all of them combined. Yes. He had 12. Crazy. 12. And by the way, Vrabel played linebacker, not tight end. Not an offensive position. He played linebacker. He caught one here as a chief against the Houston Texans. Oh, did he? Vrabel did. Yes. As a chief. Uh, Was he with Kansas City at that point? Yeah, it must have been that one. No, no, it wasn't. It was or 10? My, my bad. No, no, 10? No, no. It, was, it was later. Because, because 07, he was still with the Patriots. They were here in 10 when the Texans beat them and went 4-2 and two at the time. Uh, I got to look that up. We'll but talk anyway, about Vrabel a little bit later. But it's that's funny. The other one is NFL memes, and they are so funny. They're so good. <laughs> I think even the league office has to like memes because it's just such great comic relief. But they had the Antonio Brown ripping his shirt off video at the Meadowlands. (laughs) They had that and it said, DeAndre Hopkins after catching passes from Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill for two weeks. And I thought that was hilarious. But that's not D-Hop. D-Hop's not one to complain and be publicly demonstrative that he's not getting the ball enough or in the right way or whatever. But I would imagine that behind closed doors, he's going to say, listen, it'll be better if we do this or do that. He's going to have feedback, input, whatever, because he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's an accomplished receiver, one of the very best who's ever played the game. I don't care what the numbers say. That is a fact. And I'm not sure how this is going to play out. As long as Tannehill's healthy, they can run the ball a bit. There's going to be so much opportunity. But if Tannehill doesn't play that well, the line doesn't pan out because they're rebuilding it. Levis ends up playing. You know, he's going to catch his because he's DeAndre Hopkins with a catch radius the size of Rhode Island. I get it. 
I don't know if it's going to work out by and large, though, big picture wise for the yeah. Titans. Yeah, and I think maybe they're just looking at a stopgap. I don't know. I, the, the Titans are very confusing because there are times when I go, well, okay, they must be quote unquote tanking to possibly get Caleb Williams. Well, then they draft Will Levis. Uh, okay. Um, well, is that the young guy they want to groom? So it's like some on some hands. Uh, on one hand, it looks like they're trying to, you know, well, we'll just kind of mail the season in, but then we'll start a new. Hey, look at some of the other moves. Well, they re-upped with Jeffrey Simmons. Like, oh, okay, they paid him a lot of money to do it, which I wish they, I wish they wouldn't. But it just feels odd. It feels weird. It's like, are they all in to go win games, or are they set up to be nine and eight yet again? I. I just can't. They're kind of in the land of mediocrity, if you ask me. I think right. defense is exceptional. I think the offense is still mediocre because I think the offensive line is absolutely dreadful. But if they can capture, if they can capture uh, Derrick Henry's best again, if DeAndre stays healthy again, then maybe, maybe if Tannehill stays healthy, even if Tannehill is healthy, I put the I put the market nine and eight. I put it at nine and eight. I don't know the I don't high know water mark. The high water mark for them is nine and eight. That's the way I look yeah. at it. Yeah, because they're gonna have to manufacture wins and do it the Vrabel way and right. all of that. They are they are they are literally the twenty fifteen Texans and now they have DeAndre Hopkins to prove it. I don't know if it's gonna work out the way they picture it. It is a really it's a rich man's acquisition to me. It seems strange for what they're going through. They should be right. doing more of what the Texans are doing. Hey, these young guys gotta play, gotta get them seasoned. We feel like we can win some games with them. Right. If we get hot, you never know. They have to feel that way because they have Derrick Henry, a proven commodity, MVP candidate as a running back. If they can get him going again, it all feeds off him. Well, as I say this, well, maybe, you know, maybe they just believe. And we know their defense, if healthy, especially up front, can be very good, can be. So we'll see. Maybe they can knock off the Jaguars. Maybe they're the team to do it. But. We're all waiting. We're all eager and anxious to find out how it plays out. I saw this graph done by somebody today, and they said, we're using the same algorithm that some Major League Baseball site used to come up with things that have been very, very accurate and had the Titans with 11 wins. I'm like, no. How do you, Thank you come no. on? I was like, no. Oh, and the worst part was they had the Jaguars with six and a half wins. No, I'm all in for that. I'm all in for it, but I don't think that's I don't think that's happening. Unless yeah. Trevor gets banged up, uh, I don't. Well, people don't keep asking happening. me, and I just I always go by the history of this team and my win projections and everything. And it, even if I'm right, and I've been right very often, or in the neighborhood, I was mm -hmm. particularly right during those nine and seven seasons. Yep. But it never happens the way you think it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You win one, Absolutely. you think you're going to lose. You lose one, you think you're going to win. That kind of thing. So, who knows? Trip to L.A. to take on the Chargers in 19, win that game on the road, turn right around, play the Carolina Panthers, and get beat at home. Yeah. That, I mean, to Kyle Allen. Yeah, to Kyle Allen. Right. Well, we lost to Christian McCaffrey that How day. How about Gardner Minshew oh. here? Almost, almost, almost got the Texans. Almost. With, was it Fournette still at that point? Getting Fournette. stuffed? Two Justin point Reed. Justin Reed stuffing Fournette. Six you, inches from the goal line. He makes that two-point conversion. You lose to Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars at home. 0-2 oh, to start the oh, season? that would have been bad. Oh, yeah. That would have been and bad. And then you got to go to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Now it's a must-win. Now you did win, but you come out of there, instead of 1-2, and two, you're 2-1, two and, one, and you know now you're looking good, but then you lose to Carolina. Uh -uh, you know, it's one of the things that's so tough about this game is those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Okay, you made the play, and we all know it's a fine line. 
But it's the old Van Gundy thing. You can't ignore in victory what you wouldn't in defeat. Right. You have to account for that. Hey, we were in a situation where Gardner Minshew was about to beat us. Right. So we clearly have to improve off of that. It's kind of like, I'm going to make the analogy here. It's kind of like my golf game, right? <laughs> you hit the ball six inches one way or to the other. Well, now it's in the trap. It was right. going to bounce out of the trap and maybe roll out of the green. And I'm putting in a two-putt. Hey, I could par the hole. Or, but now I'm in the sand and it's a tough lie and here comes three more strokes or maybe four, right? right? So that's football also, that fine line. You have one bad thing happen. Okay, this might cause you to change some things that are really going to make you better or you got away with it. Are you fat and happy? Are you still adjusting? Are you taking into account that you're not as good as you think you are, but you are winning? Okay, let's see how we can get better. Happens in tennis too. One point's all it takes. If you watch uh, Joker taking on Alcaraz yesterday, man, what an athletic performance that was! Just, I mean, That's that sports. sports performance was just incredible. It was great. They were they were so fun it, to watch. But Johnny, so it's good. four and a half hours, four forty-five. I'm sorry. All right, I took the little kids skating and came back yeah. and still got to watch an That's hour and a half of it. That's the way you had it. to consume it. That's the way I consumed it. Yeah. Well, it, it's on. To. Right. Yeah. It's a, but here's the problem with tennis. It's on and you oh you missed that point. Right. Because you're looking away. Right. Golf. You can kind of. All right. I'll rewind that. I know you can rewind the tennis, too. But then so much has happened right. since. So it's a hard sport to ignore or ignore just to have on in the background yeah. and really enjoy it at the same time. No doubt. But it was definitely enjoyable for sure. Now, we've been talking about Mike Vrabel a little bit. Did throw in Doug Peterson a little bit. PFF. Excuse me, PFT, Pro Football Talk, has ranked their top 10 coaches in the NFL. They're up through six, 10 through six. They have to name their top five. CBS Sports is rated one through 32. They are remarkably different. Ooh. With that next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark and John with you. And Mark pointed this out to me, and then I add another piece to this. Mike Florio is doing his coaching rankings. Now, he's just doing a top 10 of the coaching rankings, and he's not gotten all the way through the top 10. But he's got five, and two of them come from the, the AFC South. The five that we think are not listed, we'll get to those in a second. But here's what Mike Florio has for best coaches in the NFL. And we're going to compare this to what Cody Benjamin did on CBS Sports because Cody did one through 32. So that means – our pal D'Amico Ryans is named in that listing. Mm. I was a little surprised by his ranking, and I'll, we'll, we'll give you the number a little bit later. But here's what Florio has right now. Tenth best coach in the league, Doug Peterson, Jaguars. Ninth best, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans. Number eight, San Francisco 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. Number seven, Rams head coach Sean McVay. And number six, Broncos head coach Sean Payton. I saw those five, Mark. I had a little bit of an issue. Okay. I had a bit of an issue. Do you have an issue? Let me guess here. Does Rabel belong in that company? He's been to one conference championship game. He's coming off a losing season. What have you done for me lately? Having lost seven in a row. What have you done for me lately does figure in. Because I know – I just – Firmly believe that when his top five comes out, we can guess who the top five is for Florio. He hasn't named them yet, but when they come out, Belichick's not going to be number one. I think he'll put Reed number one. I think Reed will be number one. 
Andy Reid, uh, Bill Belichick, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, Ravens coach John Harbaugh, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni. At least that's what we, we surmise that's 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 the deal. Can I start with you there, though, in that top five in no particular order? Is there anybody in the five that does not belong in that five? I mean, if you want to talk about what have you done for me lately, I mean, John Harbaugh. Yeah. And if you want to push the, you want to push the envelope a little bit. Tomlin. It feels like. Tomlin a little bit. Belichick see, a little bit. See, Tomlin. Yeah, I guess so. But Tomlin especially, it feels like if you criticize Tomlin, it's like criticizing the Pope in the middle of Vatican City. Right. True. No matter where you are, because everybody has such great respect for him. And rightfully right. so. I thought last year he did a hell of a job breaking in a new quarterback. And he also did a hell of a job squeezing whatever football life there was left out of Ben Roethlisberger. I don't in his have later much. Years. I don't have much an issue with Tomlin as I do Harbaugh. But if you're going if you're going on that and, you know, they won some games in, in Baltimore. I don't think there's any question. I think John is a, tre- a tremendous Making the playoffs last coach. year was a pretty good achievement considering Lamar Jackson's health. Right. But here's kind of my this – is, this is my issue. To have Harbaugh ahead of Kyle Shanahan. Now, I know Kyle's not perfect, and he had a run there where it was, it was a little dicey. But they've gone to the NFC Championship game the last two years. Yeah. He's thought to be, if not the best play caller in the league, it's he and Andy Reid, offensive play caller. Um, you got to give him credit for that as well. Mm -hmm. Now, he's got a roster that has been built up, and I think Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach. When it comes to, well, is this guy the best? You ask me this a lot of times. You know, who's better? Yep. I always think about this. In a one-game scenario with the same talent on each side, which Mm -hmm. coach do I want? Unfortunately, I would say Vrabel. I would want Vrabel. Over... Shanahan? A number of these guys. Okay. Over a number of these guys, I would want Vrabel because I think Vrabel is going to get the most out of whatever he has. And if he's got high-end talent, he's going to get even more. If he's got low-end talent, what's the old saying? He's going to make good, great. He's going to make great, elite. He's going to make elite championship level or however it goes. But Vrabel is a guy that I, I I want leading that team. Here's I think one. he's awesome. I think he's awesome. I, he I think he's belong. an incredible football coach. Yeah. And and that roster has not been good. Hence Rand Carthon coming in to be to be the GM. But I have issues with the two Shans. Okay. Um McVeigh, I mean, look, they went out and they obtained now McVeigh was was driving the, the bus. He he makes the personnel decisions with the Rams. I mean, Les Sneed did all the behind the scenes work, but you know, McVeigh pulled the trigger. So that I mean, look, that's that's part of being the coach of that team. So you got to give him credit for that. But when that talent was hurt last year, and that talent was not there, when Von Miller was now in Buffalo, when Matt Stafford was banged up, when Andrew Whitworth had retired, still had Aaron Donald, what did the Rams do? Not much. Not much. They went five and twelve, Johnny. Five and twelve. Mm-hmm. And but I will say this: that's his first losing, his first losing season. season. I'll give him that. All I'll right. give him that. So I don't have as much. Of McVeigh, I do think it's not. I don't like Shanahan being in front of McVeigh. I don't like that. You could swap those, not be okay with that. Sean Payton, I don't know. I, I the whole coaching search with Sean Payton this past year, I'm like, I, I mean, I get it. You know, he won a Super Bowl. That's 14 years ago. Yeah, Mike Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl before that in 2010. It bought him a lot of years. You bu- you win a Super Bowl and you keep winning, even though you're not winning championships. It's going to buy you a lot of time. Yeah. I.e. Harbaugh, yeah. Tomlin. All these guys, right? If you were 
I'll put it this way. If Tomlin and Harbaugh had never won a Super Bowl, but every other season is exactly the way it is for them, you just eliminate their championship year, they wouldn't have lasted this long. There's no way. You'd get frustrated. You'd say, no, nah, they're not getting over the top. They can't do it. They can't do it. They're gone. Peyton, the same thing. Although Peyton, after having, what, three consecutive losing seasons, after going to the Greenbrier, which is kind of weird, but three consecutive losing seasons, then he got it going again once they left the Greenbrier. Mm -hmm. I'm not really trying to throw the Greenbrier under the bus here. As a matter of fact, I'd like to promote the Greenbrier <laughs> as a possible future Texans training camp destination because I'd like to go back. Yes. But that's the my The Browns deal. are going there this fall or this uh, summer. Just for a little bit, right? Yeah, just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Um, let's go to CBS. Just Their list. Their list is remarkably different. Let's start at 10. That's not different. Doug Peterson. Number nine. This might be one we forgot, but I don't know how you squeeze him in. Pete Carroll, number nine. Ooh. Who's he going to take out? See, right. I could say that he might take out Tomlin or Harbaugh. Yeah, I think he might take one of those out. Number eight, Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. Number seven, Sean McDermott, Bills. Number six, Tomlin. Number five, Harbaugh. Four, McVay. Three, Belichick. Two, Shanahan. And one, Andy Reid. Now, I would probably say I'm a little bit closer going with that 10 than Florio's 10, but we don't know the top five. Uh, did Pete Carroll make the, make the top five? Uh, I don't know. I thought Pete did a really good coaching job last year without Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, the guy that had been the face of the franchise. They trade him. They get a huge haul back. You want a hot take? And then they get into the playoffs with you, Geno Smith. You tell me how many sizzle fires this should get. Okay. Pete Carroll over Kyle Shanahan. Oh, that's five and a half. That's five plus. <laughs> <laughs> that's five. That's five plus. Like, I'm not going to argue with Pete Carroll being being one hell of a football coach. I I, I believe in in Kyle Shanahan. I, I think the way that and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I just heard that play callers uh, podcast and mm -hmm. so I'm listening to you know how he handles things and how he does things and it just jives with the way that I think about football. So maybe maybe it's that. But Kyle Shanahan the last couple of years gone to the NFC Championship game. Went to the Super Bowl in 19, so he went to the Super Bowl in 19. And then 21 and 22, he gets to the NFC Championship game. They lose this one because they're on their fifth quarterback. Yeah. He turned Brock Purdy into Brock freaking Purdy. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I, man, I think Shanahan Kyle Shanahan. Is, but he's again, never had the stability at quarterback that Pete Carroll has had with Russell Wilson going true. good. Now, you have to give Carroll a lot of credit for that, but – he hasn't yep. – he's done it one year without him, done it, meaning make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Shanahan, six years, three losing seasons, three winning seasons, but the winning seasons have been really good. Yeah. And that's the thing. I do think, and I thought previously, that he was a little overinflated, but getting to the conference championship game the year before last, and especially last year, like you yep. brought it out with Brock Purdy, is super impressive. But I think Pete Carroll is – Almost as good as it gets. Yeah. Because you look at his record over the years, Johnny, it is incredibly impressive. He had the one losing season in 2021. Everything else yeah. since uh, in Seattle. since getting yeah, in, Seattle, in Seattle. Since getting Wilson has been a winning campaign, if not a Super Bowl campaign. He won a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl. Hey, maybe he's one of those guys like I pointed out. He lost a Super Bowl in 2014 on the interception by mm -hmm. Malcolm Butler. Yep. Since then, he hasn't made it to the conference championship, but he's made a lot of playoff appearances. Yep. He's made, uh, what, six playoff appearances. Hasn't won a ton of playoff games, but a lot of winning seasons, only one losing season. Had he not had those Super Bowls, which I get, 
is a big exception, you'd be saying, oh, he can't get over the top. He's got to right. go. It's kind of like that Harbaugh, Tomlin, um, uh, that category yeah, of absolutely. guys who, like, and Peyton as well, you know, who, all right, you won a Super Bowl a long time ago, but we're going to wait because we know you can do it. Yep. On CBS Sports. Yeah. They have Rabel at 13. They have Sirianni at 12. That's pretty low. Uh, and they seem. went. They had the floor at 11. So it feels a little bit like experience yeah. uh, played a big role. But why have – did you say the number one guy yet? Andy Reid. Yeah. Why have Reid and Shanahan ahead of Belichick then? Come on. Yeah, I mean – Why it, are you slamming Belichick for not doing well lately? He made the playoffs with Mac Jones, Mac Jones' first year. Had one people, bad year with Mac Jones. And then the year before that, obviously, Cam Newton, it didn't work out in Brady's first year out of the building. I'm not buying this complete argument, but I can see people saying, look, how good is Belichick without Brady? Right. All right, so – I'm not, buy, I'm not buying it, but if you go just purely on numbers – how good has he been without Brady in the last three years? He's without Brady. And again, he's without Brady in 2023. So how good is he without Brady? I think this is a very important year to determine that. Not that they're loaded at quarterback because they have Mac Jones again. We'll see how it goes. They have the number three, number three ranked OC in the league with yeah. Bill O'Brien. So they have him. You just, and I, I mean, I say that partly in cheek, but yeah, uh, yeah, partly yeah. tongue lodged in cheek. But, but it's supposed to be. And we, we went over the OCs and we thought after. At that first point, we thought, eh. but then, okay, with all the turnover right. at the offensive coordinator position, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I, I hear a lot of people who just don't understand the history of the league, though. Mm -hmm. And when you have these arguments, Belichick did win a playoff game without Brady in Cleveland. Yes. He had Vinny, right? That's so long ago. People, I know. That's before the internet. It, it was before the, <laughs> it was in 94. There was some internet. Time. There was Commodore 64. <laughs> AOL, America Online. Okay. Anyway, he beat Bill Parcells and Drew Bledsoe in Cleveland. He did. Very much so. All right. Where do you think D'Amico comes in at? 1 through 32. Well, you sounded surprised, so I would bet it's sort of high, uh, like 24 or something. Oh, good. 25. Okay. 25. 25. Now, I started feeling good about it. He's ahead, one ahead of Robert Sala. He's at 26. Um, he is a few ahead of Arthur Smith. I think Arthur's a better coach than they gave him credit for. He's five in front of Josh McDaniels. They have McDaniels at 30. Well, McDaniels, what have you done for me I ever know. I know. as a head coach? Uh, Jonathan Gannon at 31, Matt Eberflus, 32. Then I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Guess who's one spot ahead of D'Amico Ryans? Think Indianapolis. Uh, so Shane Steichen yes. is going to get the nod over D'Amico? That, that feels Why? so like, Why? Really? Why? I don't know. Well, maybe, I, it, maybe it's the, the, the Super Bowl appearance. Done. As an offensive coordinator with the Chargers, they got the most out of Justin Herbert, and then they go to Philadelphia, and now he's got a new – So maybe there's some of that, I guess, but then you got to give D'Amico credit for his defenses in San Francisco. Yeah, all this is spec anyway, right? It's fun. These guys have never coached a game as a head coach. It is fun to rank them, but next year – we're going to have a lot of body of work to look at, at least a yeah. little body of work relative to some of, these, some of these other guys who have been coaching for two decades or more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins at 18. Kevin O'Connell at 17. Frank Reich comes in at 16. And this is one I would – I know it's only one year, so there's not a body of work. I – and part of it is because – I don't know, maybe I feel a little bit embarrassed. I thought the Giants were going to absolutely stink last year. Yeah. I thought they were going to be no, awful. Daniel Jones, like, eh. Dable's a good coach, but got them to the playoffs and beat Minnesota. At Minnesota. Uh, at Minnesota. Yeah, they got housed the next week uh, by the Eagles in their division. 
Brian Dable's a really good football coach and a really good head coach. He's in at 15. That's probably about right. Give him another couple of years and see what he can do. And I don't know if Daniel Jones ever ends up being that guy for them. But that's – he's a he's – a, I was really impressed. They didn't really do a ton to us where I went like, you know, scheme-wise, this – it was just the fact that they took they, care of business against us and knew, okay, and this is the one thing that Belichick gets a lot of credit for, um, and we've given him credit for because Bill O'Brien used to tell us all the time that in the first quarter, near the end of the first quarter, that Belichick would walk over to, to OB and say, hey, this is, this is a running kind of game. This is going to be an air-it-out kind of game. This is going to be a 37-34 kind of game, so make sure. Mm-hmm. And, and Dable seemed to have that kind of figured out, like what kind of game the Giants yep. needed to play to win. Very Parcelsian. Yes, very much so. Very nice fit in New York. He went to high school in western New York mm-hmm. near Buffalo. Yep. I, there's something about him. When you see him, you feel like that's a good fit. Yep. Dable, Giants so winning. It just looks be right for, for them. And I'm glad we don't have to play them this year. But, you know, we'll see. How it goes. Oh, man. Watching Dexter Lawrence, not having to play him. Oh, thank God. Oh, man. That was a murderous row that we were facing from the NFC East last year. So, thankfully, we don't have to face them. But we'll face others, including Mike Rabel's guy, Jeffrey Simmons. All right, we get back. We'll go around the league. Any new news, we'll touch on the other side right here on Texans All Access. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Appreciate you being with me as we are nine days Mark and I going live at 8 a.m. That's a Wednesday, July 26, as we kick off Texans training camp 2023. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for that to happen. All right, let's go around the league. And the theme of the first segment was DeAndre Hopkins, AFC South. The theme of the second segment was head coaches in the NFL. The third segment is all about the running backs. And it's not Good news. Three running backs were tagged, meaning they got the franchise tag. Cowboys, Tony Pollard, Giants, Saquon Barkley, and the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. They had until 3 o'clock local time, 4 o'clock Eastern time, to get a long-term deal done. None of them got a deal done. All three running backs as long as they sign the franchise tender, will be playing this year under a one-year contract. And it has kicked over a hornet's nest of so many different thoughts about NFL running backs, the expendability of NFL running backs. I've seen a lot of people espouse their theories about NFL running backs. Um, I think Matt Miller from ESPN put he would draft the running back if he's good, give him a one-year franchise deal, and then draft another one and go from there. And I'm not, I'm not totally opposed to that line of thought either. My thought on running backs has always been you ride that running back and you ride that running back, and it's, if it's good, you keep riding. Um, if at some point it breaks, there are going to be plenty of them. This is a supply and demand business, and it stinks for running backs. It really does. And there are a lot of people that think a lot like me in the league. But if you get a great one, a Derrick Henry, a Christian McCaffrey, someone of that ilk, even Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin's on his second contract with the Vikings. It was super successful with that second contract. When you find a great one, you keep him. The key, though, on a second contract has been, in most cases, it's guys that give you something extra. You know, Arian Foster, he was going to give you 60 to 65 catches. McCaffrey, one year, had 88 catches or 90 catches. Dalvin Cook has always been a really good receiver out of the backfield. 
So you add that extra something, that little, well, I should say little, catch the ball in the backfield. I mean, the guy turns into a receiver. Take less carries, play on third down, you know, have another back that goes right along with you. Uh, and I think the Texans sort of benefited from that line of thinking with Devin Singletary. The Bills felt like, man, we, we gave this guy four years of a lot of touches, and we don't know that we want to re-up with him. Texas ended up signing Devin Singletary, and I think it's going to be for the betterment of the 2023 team and hopefully to the betterment of Devin to show that he can do a little bit more. He can be even better in the third down uh, game, and he can be a great uh, complementary piece, side uh, pickup, whatever you want to call it, uh, to Damian Pierce. That can be a 1A, 1B sort of situation. Running backs are tricky, man, it's, and, it's, and it's rough. I mean, I love these guys. I uh, love the running backs that have, have come into the Texans' Um, room maybe not so much lately um i love his guys but they just haven't been great running backs but damien's going to be up against this in, in a couple of years like what is the value of a running back what is the value of a running back to that particular organization to some teams it might be a little bit more than it is to others and the cowboys said you know tony pollard one year raiders giants i thought the giants might get something done with saquon barkley but they didn't um and it just really goes to show, and Barkley's the number two pick in a 2018 draft. Man, it just goes to show that it is a tough, a tough business playing running back in this league. And you wonder why it's turned into a passing league, because a lot of guys that potentially could play running back way back in the day, they moved out to receiver. Look at what receivers are making. Look at the contracts receivers are getting. It's a tough business, um, but three teams uh, have running backs on one-year contracts. And we'll see what that means for the Cowboys and maybe Zeke Elliott. Does Zeke Elliott come back? Uh, to play alongside Tony Pollard. Do, one of the, do these guys get traded to a team that does maybe value a running back or have some more money to pay a running back? It's going to be really interesting to watch this whole thing unfold. But as of today, the deadline, Pollard, Barkley, Jacobs, no long-term deal completed. And that, my friends, is the show. The show is completed. Big thanks to Mark, to all of you for listening. Appreciate Joe back in studio. All you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.